Hello, true crime friends. Welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. First of all, I hope you are all having a wonderful week so far. If not, that really sucks and I hope it gets better for you. Secondly, just a little bit of housekeeping. The first thing, just being to remind you to follow True Crime in Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime in Academia. Also, don't forget to become a patron by going to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and becoming a member. That way you can see the videos of my interviews like today's special episode. There is no trigger warning, obviously, because it's an interview. And I also just want to put a little reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes. All right, true crime friends. With me today, I have two very special guests. They are two of some of my favorite true crime content creators. They are the hosts of the YouTube channel, Drunken True Crime. Welcome, Erica and Natalie. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. All right. So for anyone who isn't familiar with your YouTube channel, you guys always make a drink before you discuss your true crime case. So what is everybody drinking? So I made a vodka grenadine and like a tropical punch beforehand. Mm. I just had it in my my alcohol cabinet and I was like, this sounds good. Why not? Mm. Like it. Pretty impressive, Erica. Okay, so I'm, I've I'm learned not- from you. <laughs> Mine, I'm just drinking a beer today. I was on meetings right before this, so I like was trying to scramble real quick. So I just have a, a beer. It's not that, it's an IPA, but it's good. <laughs> Very nice. And then I just have some wine, red wine, Snoop Dogg's Cali Red. I love it. I love it. It's like <laughs> one of the best red wines that I think I've ever tasted. And every time I get it, I always buy two bottles of it. I can't not buy more. <laughs> Smart. I love it. I'm going to have to start buying the Snoop Dogg wine then. Big deal. Yeah, you sold us. You sold us. You said Snoop Dogg and we were sold. Yeah, right? I mean, how could you not want to buy a wine or anything that has Snoop Dogg's face on it? I buy everything with Snoop Dogg or Tupac. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the other thing that most people know about your true crime channel is that you guys are best friends. So I'm curious, how did you two meet? Was it BFF at first sight or, you know, did it take a little while for you guys to warm up to each other? What was, what's the friendship story here? So I'll tell my side. It'll be interesting to see if Erica's is the same, um, same way, but I'll tell my side. Um, so we met in gymnastics. So we met when we were nine years old yeah nine years old so as far as like bff at first sight um not necessarily like we were like cordial but we were like in two different groups at the time um like levels is what it's called in gymnastics and she was much higher than i was and so like we just didn't really interact that much um but over time i would say i don't know give or take a few years of us being in the same gym and just being around each other um, we became extremely, extremely close. And then there's a group of five of us that are still 
that we all met at like nine years old, um, some of us a little bit earlier than that, but um, are all still best, best friends today and still hang out all the time um, when we can. We're all across the country now. Um, but yeah, so not BFF at first sight, but definitely BFF since we were like 12. I would concur with that. I broke her down enough for where she was like, okay, fine, I'll be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. that, that's agreed upon, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. Broke you down. I was like, you will be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Erica is like a fine wine, you know? Mm-hmm. Take some time, but then you love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would agree with that. That's I would adorable. agree with that. I'm a little too strong personality for some people, so I understand it takes a lot to get used to. Luckily, <laughs> this child has stuck with me for 20 years. She's been the mom that I needed. <laughs> but I feel like though those are like the best people. Like I know like it can be overwhelming at first, but it's like, okay, once you get used to all of that, then you're like, wow, this person's really fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. They're fun as shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I keep her entertained quite easily. (laughs) So what piqued your guys' interest in true crime? Or like, what was there a specific show or thing that you saw that you were just like, oh, yeah, now I'm interested in this thing? I would say we've always had an interest in true crime. Like Natalie and I, Natalie's show, like she loves SVU. I love Criminal Minds. But we've always had this conversation where we just like to talk about true crime in different cases. And then two years ago, she came to me and she, or a year ago, it was a year ago. Yeah, about a year. And she was just like, hey, I've been thinking about this. Would you want to do something with true crime? Like start a podcast or a YouTube channel? And I was like, I've been waiting for this for like three years. When can we start? Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And I will say both of us have like our master's degree in psychology. So like we've always find it fascinating um, just from the psychology standpoint of like why people do what they do and like what goes into them thinking about wanting to do stuff that we talk about and different things. So that's always been an interest of ours, just trying to figure out the why as to why people do this. Yeah, exactly. And that was actually going to be my follow-up question. What did you find most fascinating about true crime? And it's actually the same reason why I find true crime so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's the psychology of it, of the breaking down of what, either what happened to this person or do they have a mental illness or like what is going on that makes them want to do these absolutely horrific things that I feel personally not like no one is born wanting to be this way. Right. right. Like I highly doubt anyone comes out of the womb and is like, yeah, I want to kill people, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. that part of it, you know, to see that is always interesting. Do you guys find it true that it seems to be like trauma, especially childhood trauma seems to be like a big trigger for some of these criminals? I would say trauma, definitely from an early standpoint, um, whether it's physical, emotional, mental abuse, um, is a huge hand in it. Uh, lack of relationships from an early standpoint to like build that um, empathy with others and sympathy with others and just like that connection with others um, is another one. Natalie, what do you think? Traumatic brain injuries are yes, a huge one. That's a good one too. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're always going to have the nature versus nurture 
um, conversation, right? And I don't think anyone's nailed it down. I would say I'm in the camp of it's a combination of both. I agree with you. I don't think anyone comes out of the womb just saying, oh yeah, this is what I was born to do. Um, but I do think that there are things that happen that, you know, it's not necessarily due to their upbringing or things like that. Like for instance, traumatic brain injuries. Um, right. I completely changed someone's entire personality and um, how they think, how they act. And so, yeah, I think I don't know. That's why I think it's so interesting. And funny enough, Eric and I almost go into like two different camps. So like my fascination is with people and that sounds terrible how I said that fascination, but my like interest, I seem to always go towards like mothers or fathers that hurt children. Um, just cause I cannot for the life of me fathom, like I want to understand what makes them tick and what happens um, to drive them to that point. Whereas Erica hates the children ones that I do. Um, and she leans more towards the, which I cannot stand, is the unsolved cases. Those eat at me so bad. Um, but Erica really likes covering that. And I think that's what makes us, what makes the channel um, so diverse is because we do have two different, I don't know, interests, um, I would say. Yeah, you always go for those child cases, girl. Yeah. I told I you my, I told you my um, psych, psychotic, or not psychotic, my opinion, my psychological opinion as to why. Yeah, it's so weird. I didn't even notice that I tended to do that until Erica brought it up. And I was like, oh my Lord. I was like, <laughs> you are so right. I always gravitate. Well, after the 10th one we've done with just children, I thought it would, it would stick, you know, you would understand. I mean, it's a thing. You learn something new about yourself every day, right? Right. But. I hear you. I kind of, I feel like I kind of go between both, but I definitely do have a fascination with, like you said, with people who hurt their children. It's just like, what? Like it's yeah. so opposite, mm -hmm. but also the unsolved cases. I love those too, because I kind of want to put like my, you know, couch detective hat on and be like, what happened? Where's the yeah. evidence? Who did this? Yes. Right. You solve it for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I Maybe like it gets, their, it gets their like story out there a lot more. Like we covered the um, Dermon case, and actually one of the the grandson of the McDermott's reached out to us saying that because of how we did it, and like it wasn't in wasn't in like a rude way. It was just stating the facts and being like very intelligent with what we said. Like it was, he was able to actually like watch the entire video and explain like what happened and why people think what happened the way it did. And he was like, it really helped me because up until like that point, I wasn't able to watch any of articles or videos about it. Oh so gosh. that's incredible though. Cause I do feel like in the landscape of true crime, you get some people who are more after the sensationalism of it and like the hype behind it. And with those, I kind of feel like you, it's very easy to become disrespectful mm -hmm. in yeah. your presentation of the case. Yeah. And, and you know, that's I one thing I love yeah. about you guys is that, you know, you give the facts, you know, but you also like do it in a way where I feel like I'm sitting down with two of my really good friends listening to someone talk about a case or like you know just going back and forth with that and that's what I love right so. yeah I mean it is a it is a balance right because you don't want to be disrespectful but we also have to do it in a way that's like authentic to ourselves 
again, because this is just two best friends talking about true crime over cocktails, right? Because we want exactly what you just said. We want people to feel like that. That's true with us in the room. We're talking. We're just working through a case together. Um, and so, you know, you do try to find that balance. Um, we, of course, offend some people because we always will. Um, but to Erica's point, um, the grandson of the Derman said that because it was in a respectful but a little bit lighthearted way, he was able to get through it and help him work through the grief that he's kind of suppressed for quite a few years. So that was, I mean, that's why we do this. So that was, that was definitely like a highlight, um, I think, of the, our channel over the past year um, mm -hmm. was his messages and getting to speak with him. Yeah. So. I mean, that's just incredible. So how did you guys decide on a YouTube channel versus the other like podcasting or things like that? What made you choose YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I feel like honestly, we went back and forth on that. I think because of our personalities, um, I think you need to see us interact to fully get the the best friend vibe and, you know, really understand our personal personalities. Um, I think you really needed that video aspect to it because our facial expressions, um, to Erica's point earlier on the call, she could just tell from what, like me giving her an eye signal that like I didn't have come on like quite yet. And so I feel like, we would be missing a huge piece if it wasn't video. Um, we've definitely talked about converting them to a podcast as well. Um, but yeah, for right now, I think we're going to stick with YouTube, but definitely, definitely looking into changing it to, or also doing it um, as a podcast as well. Right. So let's talk a little bit, of, bit more about how you guys came up with this idea and the title Drunken True Crime. Where, I mean, I know you guys said you are best friends, you enjoy drinking and talking about true crime together. Is that kind of how it started or was it a little more like, okay, what's our, what's our niche? What's our thing that we're going to do to set us apart? We were talking about niches, but like when we first talked about this, I was like, if we're going to do it, we're going to go all out. Like I want drag queens. I want drag queens serving me cocktails. I want it to be like Andy Cohen on what, what happens live. And I just want it to be all out obviously we can't do the drag queens just yet because we can't fund it at this point, but <laughs> it kind of settled where we're just like, okay, well, what if we do something where we're, we're drinking and we're just talking about a case and we kind of come up with like different, different, um, different names at first, but then we landed on drunk and true crime. Yeah. So we were actually, we threw around the name quite a bit. Well, one, because you got to find something that no one else has come up with, right? Which is hard in itself. Mm -hmm. um, but we actually came out, up with it over, funny enough, cocktails. Um, on my back porch, we had already started shooting episodes. Um, we hadn't figured out the name yet, but we were like, okay, we want to shoot episodes, see if this is something that we could really, you know, do and get behind. Um, if we enjoyed it, we always knew it was going to be true crime. Um, like I said, Eric and I, I mean, I remember like, Erica and I, one time we were in gymnastics practice on a beam talking about a case and our coaches yelling at us because we weren't, and I was like, I mean, it's, it was always going to be true crime. Um, but yeah, no, we were on a back porch um, and we were throwing things around, just like spitballing here and there. And finally, um, Erica threw one out and I think we both just paused and we were like, I think that's it. I think it's drunk and true. <laughs> and it was, awesome. so that's how it was born. <laughs> That's amazing. Now I have to know what case were you talking about on the, on the beam? Do you, if you remember, Natalie, no. huh? Do you remember Natalie Holloway? Oh. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's a good we, one. 
go to, yeah, we were about to go to, not Aruba, we were going to go to the Caribbean together. Um, and we were talking about <laughs> Yes. <laughs> On the beam, trying to do a routine. Yep. But priorities, you know, you got to talk about Natalie Holloway. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my so. gosh. I always wonder what people who aren't interested in true crime think about like when they hear other people talking about it. So I'm just picturing your gymnastics coach. <laughs> he knew we were weirdos. This conversation. Yeah. He he knew we were weirdos to Erica's point. I don't think that faced him at all at that point. No, like we've done much worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Now as also like not even just content or true crime content creators, but also true crime consumers. Do you guys have like a favorite documentary or a favorite podcast that you like have as a go-to that you're always like, yep, that's it. That's my show. That's my podcast. I'll go first. So my favorite documentary thus far is the night stalker on Netflix. I thought it was filmed brilliantly and it's just it's really good from like the detective side of like how hard it was on them and that's like a different side that you don't really hear on documentaries is like the actual investigation and like what they all went through during that I love that one um for podcasts I listen to drunken true crime or not podcast sorry YouTube channel <laughs> true crime. um true crime garage morbid um and true crime obsessed yeah I would say that for a podcast um true crime garage Erica got me into that one I am obsessed with that one. I think it's two it's two best friends like I think like you know it's just fun like you feel like you're in it with them they drink too um so I would say true crime garage um crime weekly lately um so it's just like you know just this girl who's really interested in true crime, Stephanie Harlow. I don't know um, if you've heard of her, but she's typically on YouTube, but she started this podcast with um, an ex-detective. So you get the detective side of it and her side of it, just being like a, you know, a regular person who enjoys true crime. Um, so I've been really into that lately. As far as um, documentaries, the one I think that stood out to me the most and again, it's going to be a child one because I, you know, that's just is what it is. But it was the um, trial, the trials of Gabriel, um, what was it, Fernandez? Is, I'm yes. yeah. mm-hmm. That one, like, I feel like scarred me for life. Like, me and my husband will never be the same. Like, we watched it together and like, been, we were on vacation and I started it and we ended up just like binge watching it. And it's horrific. I mean... I would say go and watch it, but also like just be prepared to be scarred for life with it. Um, but that's the one I think that that has stuck with me in terms of documentaries. Yeah, me too, actually. And I used to think I had such a strong stomach because like you, I was a huge SVU fan. So I was like, oh, psh, I've seen it all. This is yeah. going to be fine. Like it's like another page out of an SVU episode, except it's real life, which, you know, yeah. not to minimize that, but I, like you said, like I was one person when I started the documentary, when I turned that off, I was a totally changed new person. (laughs) It is. is. It's so, uh, it it is. It's like gut wrenching. They did such a good job of like not sugarcoating things and, but to your point, changed for life. Right. It was horrific. Yeah. Now what's not a 
Well, I would say, what is your favorite? Well, I mean, I guess we kind of got into it a little bit, but what are your favorite non necessarily true crime shows, but like crime shows? Like, what are you sitting down on a on a weekend and binging? Yep. Law and Order SVU all the way. Like my husband just started it over again, um, which has been amazing. I've seen all like all the episodes at least at least 12 times. I'm not going to lie. I'm I have not really watched a ton since Stabler left. Um, I mean, I did. I made a few like I don't know. I made it a few more seasons, but then it's like, oh, no, I don't know. It's not the same. So um, I would say that. But also I have started The Rookie. Have you guys heard of that one? I've oh, heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Castle, but it's the same guy who did Castle. Yes, love Castle. And so like, you know how ne- or Hulu like sends you, oh, this will be good for you. Well, they got me after like a solid three months of trying to serve me up the rookie and I started it and um, <laughs> I'm on my second round of watching it. It's great. <laughs> gotcha. They did. I also love Criminal Minds though too, um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love Criminal Minds. Um, not true crime related. I love The Housewives, Beverly mm-hmm. Hills, number one. Um, and I love Vampire Diaries, which is very weird to say, but I love them. That and Originals. Mm. See, I watched The Vampire Diaries for a little bit, or I started watching it. And like, it was one of those things where like, in I think I was like in high school, like early college, I had like such a busy schedule that trying to keep up with the show the yeah. same night every week. Because newsflash to people who, I guess, maybe Gen Z, who maybe aren't used to the idea of having to wait a week to watch an episode of a show. Yes. (laughs) Where you can't just go on to Netflix or whatever and just stream a whole series because you feel like it in one day. Right. Um, But yeah, that was one of the shows that I had started watching, but then like slowly fell off a little bit and mostly be and then I saw an article about Ian Smolder I can't remember if that's la- his last name was I don't know Sim Holder yes I <laughs> every time I look at it I'm just like we got it we got it just like it yeah I was okay until I heard about the Ellen interview that he did about how he just like threw out his wife's birth control and was just, and like flushed it down the toilet because he was like, we're going to have kids. And I was like, oh, this is getting into like abuse territory a little did bit. I like, not know that. Oh, my God. It was very controlling. Um, But apparently their relationship is fine because they're still together and whatnot. But I heard that and I was like, I am severely irked. And now I'm not just like you right. were really hot. And I just oh, yeah, every can't... time I watched it, he was the one where I was like, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I heard that and I was like I can't look at him the same I can't <laughs> I didn't know that I didn't know that either I, yeah, feel I like think he was on Ellen DeGeneres and was talking about it he wasn't my favorite though Klaus was always my favorite so mm-hmm. I will yeah, say Klaus is another good one yeah I'm not gonna lie I had a sex dream about him one time and I texted my mom because she like religiously watched it too she goes that makes sense. I had one about um, what's his face, Paul Weasley, Stefan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like I think I'm watching it too much. Did you just say? I was gonna say. Hold on, I'm gonna have to Google this. Hold on. Why is my computer now? You don't know who Klaus is? No, I know who Klaus is. I'm talking about the Ellen interview. Anyways, I'll do it after. But I'm very curious now. 
yeah it was definitely interesting to watch like watching it and I was like oh my god but anyway <laughs> so obviously we mentioned that you ladies like to drink I like to drink my favorite go-to is usually wine but what is your favorite go-to my favorite go-to is um, screwball whiskey, which is really good. We've had it a couple times in our episodes when we were just lazy. Um, you literally just pour it with ice and it's delicious. It's like the peanut butter whiskey. Ooh, it's, it's really good. It's so good. And then anything with vodka and tequila, I'm your girl. Like, <laughs> I will drink yeah. anything. Yeah, honestly, I'm not a big liquor drinker, surprisingly. She's not. I, I don't. I like beer. I I will have any and all beers, um, but I just typically, I drink cocktails when we're shooting, um, and then maybe on a fancy date night, if I'm feeling it. But like my normal go-to is beer. I am obsessed, and Miller Lite is my favorite go-to white beer. And then, I don't know, like Sweetwater, it's a... I don't know it's a brewery in Georgia but um Sweetwater is my favorite like IPAs and pale ales and stuff but uh beer all the way <laughs> I do love me a good beer too now who yes. may, do you now is it a shared like who like does one person make the drink one week and someone that makes it the next or is it just one of you making them most no of the time? Oh, we kind of like flip-flop on what we're gonna drink so like one person comes up with the idea I would say as far as the actual like mixing of the drinks, I would say it's typically me. <laughs> I, have, I have the most experience with it, I would say. Um, as far as like determining which one we're going to drink and stuff like that, it, it, we definitely flip off um, because we share like writing scripts. So Erica will write one, I'll write one. Um, and so it's typically whatever, like whoever owns the script or whichever, you know, episode we're doing, um, they'll be responsible for coming up with the idea of the drink. And in the beginning, we were really good about trying to like be very, you know, diligent about making the drink match up with the episode. So like we were shooting in our, we were shooting an episode where it took place in New Orleans. Erica had a great one of doing like um, hurricanes or we were doing a case in Tennessee. So we did Jack Daniels and you know, that the creativity has, it, it gets a little bit harder when you're trying not to repeat drinks. So. Right. You gotta, and there's you gotta, only so many drinks. Yeah, right. <laughs> You can only make so much before you walk in and you're like, and this is the beer we're drinking. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we haven't had martinis of- yet though, Natalie. I feel like that needs to be next on the list. Which one? Martinis. Oh yeah. I can make a good martini. We should also, Erica, with the whiskey, um, the screwball, the uh, peanut butter whiskey, we should do boozy milkshakes. Going in, I was thinking that too, or like, yeah, milkshakes or ice cream over it. If you make that, please send me the recipe. Yes, we will. So I can make it myself. (laughs) We will. I'll let you know. That's actually (laughs) a really good idea. I love it. It sounds delicious. Oh my gosh. Milkshakes and liquor. Is there anything better? I'll wait. I pour, so I pour the screwball like in my coffee and over ice cream sometimes because it's Mm. that good. It is really good. Definitely going to have to try this because I am a whiskey drinker. So me too, girl. Definitely going to have to get my hands on that. And yes, you'll, that. you'll like it. So out, of all let of you the, down. <laughs> <laughs> so out of all of the cases that you guys have covered so far, which one have each of you found the most interesting? Ooh. 
or which one sticks with you the most? Erica, you can go first on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I still think we haven't, we haven't um, done it yet, but Bryce Lapiza is still the one that sticks with me the most. And we just filmed that. So that one should be coming out soon. So stay tuned, everyone. Yes. I would say that mine. Or, he, or Katie Janess, the one that we covered in Atlanta. Yeah. That one sticks with me a lot. Yeah, that one's still unsolved. And Erica was there in Atlanta when it happened, like less than like a mile away or something like that. Crazy. Um, well, it was like 10 minutes away. But yeah, um, I don't know. I kind of flipped back and forth between two. So like Chris Watts, for sure, just very, again, going back to like how you go from being seemingly being a great dad to murdering your entire family. Just it's terrible to say, but fascinates me um, just in terms of, you know, what what happened to make that switch but I would say the one that like really sticks with me um I would say would be the Christopher Newsom and Shannon Christian one the one out of Knoxville it's really really brutal but it didn't get a lot of coverage um surprisingly and there were so many ups and downs in the cases where like everyone got convicted at first and you're like okay yeah and then it got overturned some of them did because of the judge he was doing some nefarious things on the side so not associated with our case but because of it they got retrials and it, it was just like an up and down and it's you know it's really close to where we are and so um I don't know I think that one's if I had to pick one I would say that one's the one that stuck with me the most um yeah it's a brutal one I can't stand when it's like okay, so all of these people did their jobs, but because one person was maybe doing things on the side that they shouldn't have been, yep. that all these cases get overturned. And it's like- Right. I know. What? It's, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It was a very frustrating one to follow, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I'm now convicted again. They are in jail where they belong, and knock on wood, they stay there. Right. And if you want to see that episode, go to YouTube, drunk, search Drunk and True Crime, and then you can watch the episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for sitting and talking with me. I This has been such a pleasure. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of you, both of you. So this is just like so awesome that I get to sit and talk with you guys. So let can you let my listeners know like how to find you and when your episodes come out? Yep. So we are are primarily when it comes to like social media, I would say Instagram's our go-to. It's just at Drunk and True Crime. Um, Of course, though, our YouTube channel is at Drunk and True Crime. Um, And yeah, like I said, go search on YouTube is by far the most like exciting of our content, but also follow us on Instagram. That's where we get to be a little bit more. um, You see a little bit more of the personality come out, um, you know, in terms of we do a lot of reels um, and stuff like that. But yeah, anything else? Or if you want to um, suggest cases or have any feedback on one of our episodes, you can always contact us at drunkentruecrime at gmail.com. Yes, we are always looking for case recommendations because um, obviously we have ones that Eric and I are like obviously resonate with us, but we like to cover ones that we haven't heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten quite a few recommendations. So that's always, that's always really exciting when um, people 
give us those. So if you have any, let us know. All right, guys. So now you know what to do. Email them at drunken true crime at Gmail. Go to their YouTube channel, Drunken True Crime, and check out all their videos. Erica and Natalie, thank you so much for being with me. I know thank I said you that already, for hosting us. We appreciate it. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, true crime friends. You've heard me talk about my amazing friend Mandy before. She makes the best crochet, cre-cut, and custom home decor for reasonable prices. If you're looking for a -a one-of-a-kind gift or some new decor to add some new life into your home, look no further. Mandy has got you. I have quite a few items from her, ranging from a crocheted headband to Halloween decor items to my amazing and adorable Coraline ornament. Um, If you guys haven't noticed, I'm like obsessed with Coraline and I just love how Mandy makes it. She's also made me a Coraline doll that sits next to all of my true crime books. To order... Just slide in her DMs on Facebook and Instagram at Mandy Made It. That's M-A-N-D-E-E Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Send her a DM and order today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, my darlings, that is all I have for you today. I really hope that you enjoyed that interview. I had such a good time with them. They are just so awesome. So don't forget, like I said, to go to their YouTube, Drunken True Crime, and hit subscribe and follow them on Instagram. And you can message them at drunkentruecrime at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia. Don't forget to become a patron by going to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and just hit become a patron. You can pick what tier best fits your content needs, you know? And with that, my darlings, I will see you next week with a whole brand new case. All right. See you later. We hope you enjoyed this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime in Academia episode. You can watch our video versions of our episodes on patreon.com slash Ivory Tower Boiler Room. Join at the price of an iced coffee or join as an Ivory Tower member and get some of our exclusive merchandise. I could not be here without an amazing team. So I'm Andrew Rimby, the executive director, and I am joined with Mary DePippi, our chief contributor, who hosts True Crime in Academia. It comes out on Tuesdays. Jaren Usta is our marketing director, and our two interns are Nicole Arguello and Kimberly Dallas. And I'm actually here with Mary. So Mary, where can they follow us on social media? You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. On Twitter, we are at Ivory Boiler Room. And then just search the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on Facebook and you can like our page there. Wonderful. And we, Mary and I and the whole team, hope you all are healthy and happy. And we can't wait to join you and 
you know, have you all join us in the ivory tower boiler room next week. Bye everyone. Bye.